All right, we are starting Advent. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. Today's theme of Advent is hope. And I thought since several of us have been going through the Bible in 120 days, and we just recently, just a couple weeks ago, got out of the prophets, that we would do follow the traditional liturgy um, for Advent, in in the Methodist Church anyway, um, and the readings from Isaiah. So we're going to talk about those. And there were themes that we saw as we went through the Bible. And in the prophets, uh, there was recurring themes. There was little nuances to them. But all of them had as major themes judgment, where they, God talked about how they got in the situation that they were in. Many of the prophets were either just pre-exile or in exile. And so God talked about why they found themselves in the, in the poor situation that they were in. And so that's where the judgment came. But with that, there was also the recurring theme that it wasn't always the last word, that God was not going to leave them there, that they, even though they found themselves in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of this situation, that it will not be forever. And that's really where we find our message today out of Isaiah is that no matter where we are, God is not going to leave us there. Whether we got there by uh, our own making, like the Israelites did, that Israel found themselves in exile, as God told them over and over, because of your choices. Really, we, we talked about the idea of judgment in the prophets that It is God handing us over to the consequences of our choices. Because that's really what happened to Israel. Um, That God had warned them over and over again. He warned them as they were going into the promised land. In Deuteronomy 30, he said, you know, you're going to have two choices. And one is to to obey me, to remember who has blessed you, to remember who your God is and follow these rules And these laws, because they will put you in right relationship with me. He goes, and that's what I want to, and that's what I'm laying down before you. But the other road is if you choose not to. If you choose yourself over me, if you choose your will over my will, and you do all that I've told you not to do, you're going to find yourself in a bad situation. And God knows our nature. And so even in Deuteronomy, he says, so when you choose poorly, when you choose yourself and your will and the world over me, and you find yourself in a bad situation and you remember, then turn back to me and I will turn back to you. And so this is kind of how it goes from there. They enter into the promised land. Uh, they thrive, and not, not long after they receive the promise, they, they begin to forget and follow their own will. And in 2 Samuel, they say, we want a king, and for a very good reason, because everyone else has one, right? Because that's what everyone else is doing. And he tells them, I'm going to give you your king. And he tells Samuel, he goes, this isn't about you. This is about me. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. And he he tells them, I'll give you a king, and this is what the king will do. And he talks about how he'll oppress them and use them for his own purposes, and and he's honest with them. 
And they go, do you still want a king? And they're like, yeah. And so he gives them what they wanted. And then the kings lead them away from God and, and they get power and that power corrupts. And so very few um, good kings, in, uh, the, almost none in the northern kingdom, a couple in the southern kingdom, but they continually fall into other cultures. They worship other gods. They worship idols. They are unfaithful to the covenant. They are unfaithful to the law over and over and over again. And so they find themselves in exile. In a couple different times, Babylonian and Assyrian, and they find themselves far from God, far from their homeland. In a, in a rough situation. And so Isaiah reminds them, this is not what I wanted for you, but this is what you chose. I told you over and over. And God will eventually, as a people, as individuals, hand us over to the consequences of our choices. If we keep choosing ourselves, if we keep choosing our world over God, eventually God says, okay. Here you go. And that's where, the Israel, where Israel finds itself in Isaiah. And God tells them over and over throughout the book and the other prophets, he tells them the judgment that has come against them. And that is the consequences of their choices. But that with God, judgment is never the last word. It's a truthful word about their behavior and their unfaithfulness to God. It's truthful. Judgment oftentimes is just telling the truth. You know, and we want to stay away from it. So it's a truthful word, but it is never with God the last word. And today the last word with God is hope. So he tells them all of this stuff, but then he tells them of a time. He says in the last days, this is Isaiah 2, Verses 1 through 5. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his path. The law will go out from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. And so there's that word of hope in the midst of all of their trouble. There's, with God, there's always a word of hope. And it's always the last word. Judgment by, might be the first word, but with God, there's always the last word, and that last word is hope. So in the midst of these trying times for Israel, he's constantly given them words of hope. He wants them to hear the words of judgment so that they might 
when they get out of this situation, they might not do it again. But he, they always, he always wants them to know that there's hope. That, yeah, you might find yourself in the midst of darkness, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of consequences that you created, but you're not going to stay there. Or you don't have to stay there. And that's the message of hope today. Yeah, you might find ourselves in a mess, individually or collectively as a people, but with God, you're not going to stay there. It might be for a time period. Even Israel, right? They, they, originally, it was supposed to be 70 years. And then they continued in their ways. Eh, we're going to extend that a little bit. But still, even then, you're not going to stay there. And that message of hope is the message we need to hear today. Because the world that we live in is not heaven, in case you didn't know. This, this place is not heaven. Some of us have it so good, we think that this place is heaven. I remember when I was in seminary and I was at a small rural church and I said that in a Bible study. I said, you know, uh, this is a fallen world. And this is not a, a good place. And there's hardship for most people every day of their life. And she got offended. She said, well, I think it's a pretty good world. I got a great life. I said, I'm, I'm sure you do. But that's not the reality of our world. We look at our world today. There's war in Ukraine and strife between Russia. There's tensions with uh, the East, Russia, and the West. We got uh, issues with, with Taiwan and, and China. Um, and the list goes on. We look at our own country and, and crime and the, the division and the hatred of one side for another, and just corruption in government, our government, other governments. I mean, the list is long. And one of the things I think we weren't made, we weren't made to know everything that's going on in the world. So in, the, in times before media, you, know, you knew what was going on in your community. You, were, you probably were more likely involved in that. It took uh, weeks, maybe months, depending on what age we're talking about, what generation, for you to hear news around the world. Now you turn on the world and you just say, war, poverty, crime, all over the world. And it's just overwhelming. And we just kind of isolate ourselves and roll up because it just gets too much for us. And it is in those times that we look at the bigness of the issues in the world and say, yeah, it's bad. But that's not where our hope is. Our hope is not in ourselves of, of pulling ourselves up. You know, I, you hear me bring up human secularism because that's the way of the world and says that every, and it's contrary to what the Bible says, but it has creeped into the church. It's definitely in the world, but it says that we're all basically good people. And that if we're left to our own um, devices and left, left to our own efforts, we, if we all just came together, we would make this a great world. Well, it hasn't worked for a long time. How are we doing at that? Not good. This world is a rough place. We, in our, 
in our culture, in our community, in this church, have it better than probably 99% of most people in the world. Most people in the world, if you've gone to Africa, if you've gone down uh, to Central America, if you've gone anywhere, um, most people in the world struggle just to get, go day to day for food, clean water. Not to mention uh, all the, the hurt and strife. You know, we talk about human trafficking and drugs. Talk about hardships. It's just like I, I kind of love the honest answer. Usually as a pastor, and I fall victim to it, I walk, you know, hey, do you have a good Thanksgiving? And the answer is yes. And they might have had a horrible Thanksgiving. There was a family fight and everyone was at each other's throat, but the answer is yes. The reality is I know that Many of you had a good Thanksgiving. A couple of me told, told me you didn't. Some of you that said you did, didn't. Because that's just the way of the world. And trying to act like it's different than it is, that we're not having these issues. You know, what do we do at families? Oftentimes, we, we kind of hide and push down all the issues. There's people... In this church, there's people in your community that are having major family issues. Maybe a divorce. Maybe a split in the marriage. They're estranged from their kids. Their kids are addicted to drugs. Our family members are addicted. Or there's alcohol problems. Or there's financial hardships. I mean, the list, again, is long. Struggles. I mean, this, I, just, I have four kids. And every time they have issues, this, and this is why it's hard to have children. Every time they have issues, it affects me and my spirit, even if it does. My wife's much better at compartmentalizing. You know, there might be, uh, my, my son-in-law's a pilot. He had issues with his medical that he got uh, cleared from the VA for some, some medical condition, but it didn't come up on the, for the FFA. or Anyway, it's confusing. But so he, he's grounded for a couple months. And everybody else is like, oh, yeah, we, we sent that in. It, it's going to get done. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Do you have a backup? What do we need to do? You can always come live with us. We can work this out. You know, it drives me crazy. I mean, the world gets to us. But that's the, the thing is, that's acting like none of us are going to have a problem. And we shouldn't have a problem. That's some of my, like, perfectionism coming in, my type A, that it, everything, as long as there's no problems. And there will be periods in our lives that we have those. But there's going to be always a time coming where we're going to go through a valley. It could be a health issue be a death in our family, a diagnosis, financial hardship, again, addictions, um, marital problems. Might not be your issue, it might be your kid's issue. Might be an issue with your kids. There will be, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Because this world is not heaven. 
So, so far, this is a pretty encouraging sermon, right? Merry Christmas. But it's the truth. In the darkness of the world, the trouble of the world, the valleys, the exiles, whatever we want to call them, the crisis, the situations, the consequences of our sin, the consequences of someone else's sin, whatever it is, it's going to happen because we live in a fallen world. That's the truth. But you know what? If we face the truth, it makes the good news the, bad, the reason the good news is so good, because the bad news is really bad. And it makes the good news, good news, that yes, we will go through these trials, we will go through these things, but God's word to us, God's word to, to, the, to Israel as in their time, he's not speaking to us, but he's speaking to a human situation that they caused themselves, a, a period of exile, a period of darkness, a period of struggle, and we can equate that. Yeah, that's his word to um, them, but the promise is also to us. Yes, you might be going through a valley, but you're not going to stay there. This too shall pass. And that is the hope of God. That is the hope of Jesus Christ. We know that someday there will be full redemption of all of God's creation, but right now, in the meantime, he's given us Jesus Christ, the one that we look to, the one that we celebrate, coming into this world during this Advent and Christmas season. And it's in these times that we can go through our personal struggles in the midst of a dark world and know that we can get through this. Jesus never promised, follow me, you will have no problems. He said, follow me, I will walk you through those problems. I will be with you in the storm. I will be with you in the valleys. I will be with you on the mountaintops. Yes, you might be going through something, but you don't have to stay there. You're not going to stay there. So hang on. Hang on. There's a word of hope. And that's throughout the Bible. Over and over, if you just think about it, I mean, uh, you could bring up so many stories. The story of Job. He, he didn't do anything. Most of the people in the Bible did something to be in their, the situation they were in. But Job didn't do anything. And the message of hope is Job is the same message throughout Israel, I mean, of Isaiah to Israel and throughout Scripture is that he didn't stay there. Anybody that following God or turns to Christ will not have to stay. You have to choose. Like the prodigal. He found himself in a mess. He found himself in a pig pen, in a tough situation. Now, his was a consequence of his choices. And he bottomed out and found himself there. And then he woke up and realized, hey, I don't have to stay here. I have a father who loves me in spite of me. I have a father and a home where I'm loved. I can return home. 
And there's story after story that people find themselves in the pig pen. They find themselves in exile. They find themselves um, in slavery. They find themselves over and over and over again. And they realize that, hey, I don't have to stay here. Not because they're so great, not because they can work themselves out, but because God is a deliverer. And he delivers his people and he delivers us as individuals. And he has given us Christ Jesus as a way to return to him. He was, that promise was to them, to Israel as a, as a nation. But that promise is to us individually in this time between the first and the second coming. That promise comes to us in the person of Jesus Christ. That wherever we find ourselves in our lives, we can wake up and we can hear the message. This is why we preach the good news. Because there's people out there in the midst of messes. There might be people in here that have forgotten that in the midst of their valleys, in the midst of their judgment of their bad choices, in the midst of their struggles, in the midst of their darkness, people need to hear and be reminded, you don't have to stay there. God is our hope. God will never leave us there. And he has given all of us a way to return to him in the person of Jesus Christ. And that is the hope of Advent. That is the hope of this world. That is the hope this Christmas. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you that, Lord, in our forgetfulness, Lord, in our selfishness, Lord, that we can sometimes find ourselves far from you, as your people did in the time of Isaiah. And, Lord, you use your prophets, you use the word, you use your Holy Spirit to call us back and to say, you don't have to stay there. You can return to me and I will return to you. That is the hope of the world. That is the hope that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is in his name we pray. Amen.